This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Okay, I got on the scale this morning and it was questionable. The scale was questionable? Yeah, I probably may have eaten a little too much over the holiday weekend. I always eat too much and I always regret it. But at the moment, it's so good and it's awesome. There's no reason to feel guilty about it or even have a remorse. It's a couple of events. It may be five or six events for some of you. It's just okay to enjoy yourself a little bit. All of that said, today is a really cool day, and that is International Santa's List Day. Do we have a day for everything? Yes, there is a day for everything. And this is International Santa's List Day, which historically goes back to the Feast of St. Nicholas. But we're going to look at this from the Santa's List perspective of it's the day that Santa makes his naughty list and his nice list. And also it's the day that children write their lists. I don't know what world you grew up in, but I thought Santa was making his list all year long. I'm thinking maybe today is his final draft. Like he's been <laughs> keeping up with it all year long, but this is the drop dead deadline day. The this list is done. Isn't that timely for us? Don't we make lists? And aren't we list people for the most part? You're a list person, right? Oh, yes. I'm a list person. I have lists for everything. The keep boy thinks it's insane how many things that I make lists for. And then I make second lists with time stamps on them to make sure that the lists are done in timely manners. I'm in a perpetual state of trying to improve my list making. I've always said I'm a list maker, but I'm really not. I'll make a list and then lose my list. Now I've got multiple lists. I've got the phone list. I've got the moleskin list. I've got the random sheet of paper list. I've got the list on my pad that I have no idea why I pulled out of the file room, maybe because it was bigger and started dumping ideas and stuff that was in my brain on this not legal pad, but similar. And now I'm halfway through that. I've got so many lists that I've got to do some list consolidation. The worst thing that I ever had happen with a list was when we were preparing for our wedding, the legal pad that was the master list somehow got put in the freezer and I was not able to find it for about three weeks. And the chaos that was created because of that was insane. You went to get some ice and you left it in the freezer. I've done that. I did that with my moleskin one time. I did it with my phone. I always leave stuff in the pantry. I leave stuff in the pantry and I leave stuff on the counter outside by the pool. This is an age thing. I'm sorry to say that. Maybe it is for you, but it's not for me. This has been uh, perpetual. <laughs> so I was thinking about putting this podcast together. I thought of Holly and she's our managing director of a little bit of everything. And she is the quintessential queen of lists. And thank goodness she's a note taker. She's a list maker. I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by some very intelligent and very get it done women in my life, in my work life. And so if you're just now joining us, my wife is actually our accounting manager at our agency and has been for 24 years. And we've worked together, stayed married. That's the short version. I have not always been list maker or not been disciplined around going back to my notes. 
We've even created little things within our work through and weekly updates and trying to stay on top of things. Because look, let's face it, agency owners, we got a lot going on without the stuff that we add to our life. Our ideas, our sales and marketing brains, which is what most agency owners are, we put so much energy into our thinking, into our creativity, into new ideas, something that's going to grow our business even more, that sometimes we create our problems. We forget to finish the five things that we started last week or two weeks ago. The list environment in general. It's one of those things that I hope I'm getting better and better at and more disciplined at because we need something in our life that holds ourselves accountable. If you're an agency owner, who's holding you accountable? Nobody, maybe some carrier relationships, but there's very few people in the world of business ownership where accountability is present at the CEO founder level. To quote one of our partner agents, Justin Hoosman, at the Phoenix Insurance in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the list of unarmed people that can tell me what to do is very small and that's success. True. The independent agency space in general is you can't tell me what to do. That's the nature of who we are. It is the independence of who we are and it's why we love our channel. I've come to appreciate putting some discipline and parameters around that. The older I've gotten, the more experience. I don't want to repeat mistakes if I don't have to, and I've made plenty. One of the things that I have become accustomed to within the list making list idea is my stop doing list. There's so many things that we create that we really need checkpoints along the way that we go, wait a minute, is that really something that's important? Why am I spending energy on this thing? Is this thing creating stress, emotional stress that turns into physical stress? Is it creating something for me that the answer just becomes, how do I stop doing that? Should I stop doing that? I'll pick on one thing like if and this can go either way like you think that you have to be in commercial lines if you're in personal lines or you feel like you've got to add personal lines if you're a focused commercial lines agent why do you feel that way because that's what other people do because somebody you met at a conference has a 50-50 or 60-40 split on their book between personal and commercial insurance why do you think that has to be done. That's a real question that we should ask. And and there's other examples. Take it to whatever area of your agency that you feel like this needs to be applied to. This one was just on the top of my mind. I don't necessarily see it that way. If the goal is a successful, long-term, profitable book and a profitable organization, and then you're sitting there thinking about, well, one day I want to sell this asset or I want this to become a multi-generational thing for my family. Whatever that outlet is, I'm not so sure that diversification is always that answer. If you can be the greatest thing in your market at small commercial insurance, then why not do that? If you can be the best thing in your market at personal insurance, then why not do that? That's why I love the stop doing approach, stop doing list every year. And I do it every year right along with my planning list. 
something that was on my stop doing list this year that I succeeded in doing, and I'm really proud of this one, is that I quit finishing books simply because I started them. I've always been one of those people that if I started a book, no matter how bad it was, no matter how little I was getting out of it, no matter how much I wanted to burn my eyeballs to get through it, if I started it, I finished it. And this year, I made that transition to, okay, if I'm 100 pages in and nothing about this appeals to me, or if I've been listening for 45 minutes to an audiobook and it's, I'm just not feeling it, it goes away. And it made a change in the number of books that I read this year because I always read at least 100. And this year, I'm only going to hit about 80 because I, quote unquote, wasted some time listening to stuff that I didn't finish. But it's been much more beneficial to me to be able to say, yeah, I'm not going to waste my time doing that. You and I are so polar opposite in so many ways. It's funny. I have this Kindle library of unread books because if you don't catch my attention in five pages, then I'm out. And what's interesting is I constantly find myself cycling back through books I never read and trying it again. How much energy and time to the point of probably creating a negative attitude about it did you go through by forcing yourself to finish the book that you didn't like reading. My problem is I can get the gist of most books about 30% of the way through, so I stop reading them. Okay, I get it. The last two-thirds of the book is a repeat. Now, I'm talking business books here. I'm not talking novels or whatever. I'm talking business books. The only book this year that I made myself finish because I was convinced it was going to get better was The Exchange by John Grisham. Oh, yeah. And I knew it was going to get good at yeah. some point. And it never did. It was such a disappointment to me. I didn't love the ending. I did finish it. It's because I just don't have a lot of authors that are not business oriented that I can just read for pure joy. And John Grisham's my guy. The Reckoning was a whole nother level. It was. And the boys from Biloxi was fantastic. Loved it. My thought on the exchange was this could have been a new book anyone in it. It was a marketing ploy to go back and make this be a sequel. But as a sequel, it really didn't make sense because I went back and reread The Firm right before reading it. And maybe if I hadn't done that, it wouldn't have felt as off as it was. But yeah, life was terrible at the end of The Firm. And it just skipped over all that going into the exchange. What's your favorite John Grisham book? You, you can only pick one. I would have to say The Boys mm -hmm. from Biloxi. Okay. I absolutely loved it. I've listened to it three times over the last two years. When people have been traveling with me in the car and they're like, let's listen to something that become my go-to to suggest to listen my, to. Mine was The Partner with The Reckoning coming in an extremely close second. Uh, so go get you a John Grisham book and check it out. Put that on There's your do list. List. So we have our stop doing list. Let's talk about what other lists besides Santa's that we need as we're coming to the end of 2023 and starting, can you believe it, 2024? Yeah, that's like Jetson stuff. There's several ways we can go here. One of the things I love is a list of checkpoints. What went great? What went wrong? blends in with the stop doing. What do we need to tweak, adjust going into our new year? But I love the checkpoint at the end of the year 
the look back. That's one of your things, Tanya. What's some of the wins? Are there wins? What are those wins? Celebrating those wins, not just focusing on the things we didn't accomplish, but focus on some of the things that we did accomplish. I am terrible at this. We forget how we make these lists or we have these goals. And if you really think back over the course of a year, it's always amazing to me what we actually accomplished. There's a lot of things that we accomplish and every agency owner needs to pay attention to the things that you accomplish. Otherwise, you get into this negative spin cycle and you need that positive in your life to check out the things that you did well. And I promise you, you have them. Just sit down for some uninterrupted time and start writing a list out and you'll figure out you accomplished some things this year. In other words, make your own nice list. Make a nice list. I love it. All of the amazing things you have achieved this year, right? So if we make a nice list, does that mean we need to make a naughty list? Maybe we make a list of things that didn't go as planned, but we can go in, we can look at the why, and then we can use that to plan for yeah, next Absolutely. Year. That naughty list, that didn't go well list needs to be going into this sort of fork in the road scenario where some of those things on that naughty list need to go over to the stop doing list. And then some of them need to go into the, we learned a lot, we need to keep going, if we tweak this and it goes into the redo list. What do we keep pushing forward on that we really believe in, but it just needs a little bit of a tweak. It just needs a little bit of an adjustment to get us over the top. Because I promise you, if you really pay attention, you've learned something from those failures or mistakes. One of the things that I always see show up on people's naughty list or end of the year list or things they're not happy with, 19 times out of 20 is somewhere in there was a goal that they didn't achieve to lose weight or exercise more or get fit or something having to do with physical wellness. It's always one of those things when I have that conversation with someone that was the lose 10 pounds didn't happen. And then the next year they go back and the lose 10 pounds didn't happen. And the next year they go back and once again, and I'm asking, okay, maybe this really isn't a goal for you. Let's get rid of the things that we say as goals every year because we think we're supposed to, but we never really create the plan to make them happen. And in order to get physically fit or lose weight or achieve those kinds of goals, that takes planning like you would not believe. And I've failed at that for decades. We just like talking about stuff. They say that as you get older, you lose your filter. I don't know that it's people lose their filter as much as people become a little closer to reality or a little closer to being honest with themselves after so many years. So many things like losing weight or better health or exercise more. These are big time lifestyle changes to accomplish these things. I want to lose 10 pounds, but I don't want to do anything different. Then you're not going to lose 10 pounds. I want to write more business. I want to grow my agency by 15%. Okay, what are you going to do different? I don't want to do anything different. That's just what I want. You're just wishing. You're not setting a goal. A goal without a plan is a wish. You need a plan of what you're going to do every single day to make that happen. Period. That's the only way it's going to happen. So many of us don't make that full commitment. And might brag on my wife for a minute. She went into this zero sugar, low carb lifestyle change. It is a lifestyle change. The pantry was cleaned out. And 
We watched a documentary, The Magic Pill. Encourage anybody who wants better health to watch The Magic Pill. It's a life-changing documentary, in my opinion. And in order to do what someone does when they choose to get off of processed foods or off of a sugar or low carb, you can't physically do it without a major lifestyle change commitment. It is an impossible thing to do in the United States of America because of the nature of processed foods. Hashtag truth bomb, 100%. I watched her do that. I watched her make that commitment. And yes, she's naturally a disciplined person, but she's like the rest of us. She wasn't always disciplined. She's a naturally disciplined person, but she didn't do that for years. She didn't eat this way for years. And I'm a byproduct of her discipline. I'm a healthier person. I feel better because at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to just eat something different. I'm just going to follow her. And that makes my life so much simpler. I'm off chips. I haven't told you that. It's been a month since I've had a chip. Congratulations. That's amazing. I feel better. But so many of these things, what does it take? You make the list and you have to change something. You can't just make the list. Here's the thing. If you're not going to make a plan and follow the plan, don't make the list. Because all it's going to do is make you feel bad about yourself because you're going to keep looking at the list and think, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And it creates negativity. So instead of making a giant list, make a list of three to five things at most that you're going to evolve that are going to be your start doing list, things that you really want to accomplish. And then you can make the plan to do that. The biggest thing that I see people do wrong is they make this list of 20 things that they're going to do differently and you don't implement any of them. We have no sugar in our household either. There is none. When somebody comes to our house and they want a cup of coffee, they can have Splenda or they can have Swerve. <laughs> There's not even sugar for coffee yeah. at our house because it's not in our household. And people ask, what are you doing different? What is your lifestyle change? And I say two and a half years ago, my boss's wife put me on a diet and followed the same journey that Julie has. And I was a much larger human being and, and still am than Shane's wife is. But it's been a very similar journey. And I figured out that not having sugar in our house, being able to say no when people say, ah, it's a birthday, just have a piece of birthday cake or you're celebrating, you should just have a piece of cheesecake and being able to say no that's okay. I'm going to buy a pair of earrings instead. Yes. So you still have a way to celebrate. <laughs> you still have that satisfaction, but it's one of those things. It, it was a physical change. And this morning I weighed in. I've lost 145 pounds not eating sugar. That's a Backstreet Boy, right? I mean, I've literally lost a Backstreet Boy <laughs> because my boss's wife put me on a diet. But it's one of those things I can look back and that's been on my list to do for 20 years. But two and a half years ago, I found a plan of action that worked. There's something to add to your stop doing list. Stop making lists you're not committed to. I want you to make a list that you commit to, that you want to put energy into. But here's another thing. Don't do that because someone you saw or met at conference was doing it or somewhere that you read about an article about somebody. That's not a reason to put it on your list. We do have to make some internal decisions as agency owners around what we do because what we do matters to other people and it affects other people. And part of that wanting to find and maintain 
this positive energy around our leadership and our agencies is it does start with yourself. To Tanya's point, she makes this commitment a couple of years ago. She stays disciplined with it. Two years is not a week. Two years is not two days. It's a long time when you're trying to change your lifestyle because you have going out to eat. It's harder to find things at certain restaurants. It's more expensive to eat better. It's harder to be disciplined. But, oh my gosh, it is so much more rewarding, in my opinion, much more rewarding to have that discipline lifestyle change, regardless of what we're talking about. I can put that into the compartment of running your business, of getting up every day, being excited about your business. All of this does channel into who you are and how you lead and how you affect other people. And be sure you're doing it for you. From a physical perspective, the first year I was on this journey, nobody really even noticed but me. I felt better. I could feel that I had more energy, but nobody really noticed. Now, two and a half years in, all of a sudden, everybody notices, which is really cool. But I didn't do it for that satisfaction of somebody saying, oh, hey, you look great. And I'm not saying it's not delightful when that comes later, but when you're looking at doing this for your business, don't do it because Shane said, because somebody else is doing it or that you think it's going to get noticed and people are going to want to do what you're doing. People are going to always find fault with whatever changes that you're making. People are going to always want to give you all of the reasons why what you have decided to do is not going to work. Whether it's personal or family or business, do this for you because it's your vision. One of the things that I want you to think about as you're thinking about your list and you're growing your business or what you want to do differently is I want you to confront the brutal facts. And my interpretation of confront the brutal facts is be honest with yourself. Sometimes, just like Tanya's first year, nobody really noticed or whatever, but she felt better. She knew just like your business, like you can't just go, okay, I want to grow my business from 3 million to 6 million next year in premium. So let's just use that as an example. You may not be ready to grow from 3 million to 6 million. You may need infrastructure to put in place. You may need to solve some internal problems in order to scale 3 million to 6 million or something to something else, whatever your number is to wherever you want your number to be. Sometimes it takes a little while. You have to make a little bit of time time investment, still believe in yourself and your ability to accomplish this, have this determination and be able to push through that. And nobody may notice it. Day 30, six months in, even a year in, which means you may not be able to go from 3 million to 6 million. You may go from 3 million to 3.2, but do enough of that groundwork, legwork, infrastructure work that next year you go from 3.2 to 4.5 and then 4.5 to 6. And so over the course of three years, you did it. Now, that's just something that we have to be honest with ourselves about. I come out with this really cool thing a few years ago and said, hey, Tanya, I want you to take us to the promised land on the marketing and sales and agent development. And we want to double and then double again. It was big. I love saying it. I even said it at our conference on stage in front of everybody. A few months later, I'm like, what did I actually say? Like, that's exponential growth. What does that even mean? We can't do that. We're not physically set 
to do that. We have so much infrastructure work to do. We're still fine-tuning our leadership team. We're still fine-tuning our strategy. That was crazy. My fault. I own that. But the reality of it is that I learned so much through that statement of realizing, okay, we can't do that. We're not ready to do that. Be honest with yourself. Understand that where you're at and where you want to go, it just may not be a short cycle plan. It may need to be an infinite game, long cycle plan in order for you to get there. And that's okay. That's why everybody quits within 30 days or two weeks or whatever the number is, maybe 21 days or something like that. I remember you saying that's why New Year's resolutions don't work. We're not honest with ourselves when we make them. We're not really committed to them. And that's what I want you to do differently this year. I want you to make your list with honesty with yourself in mind. Make your nice list. Make your naughty list. Sit down with your kids and make their Christmas list if that's on your agenda. But enjoy this International Santa's List Day. And I'm going to leave us with this quote from Sarah Bombell. The pain of discipline is far less than the pain of regret. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.